0: Sylvia has become the most recognizable stand-in for the tedious, ill-advised 20th-century confessional author. Despite her coming of age among a cohort of men describing their own venereal disease as if the pustules themselves were matters worthy of the canon, it is Sylvia's interior life that is so often pointed to as a case of something crass and self-indulgent. To this day, even as Sylvia is long dead by her own hand— her cautionary tale is not about lives poorly lived, but about feelings too earnestly expressed. Nearly half a century after her death, we remain more interested in girls being kept palatable than being kept alive. The number of hands that have been wrung and fingers that have been wagged at girls who dare to give voice and name to their interior lives suggests that the written history of the world is absolutely awash in the stuff but the female voice, and the girl's voice especially, is characterized mostly by the deafening silence it emits from the canon. To read the historical record without context suggests that female self-awareness was a genetic anomaly that emerged in the 18th century and remained exceedingly rare until the second half of the 20th century. Those who dare to document their lived experience as worthwhile or brave new girls indeed As brightly as these girls shine, there remain wet blankets around every corner attempting to extinguish the flames in their hearts. They are dismissed as excessively feminine and juvenile, two words that mean the same thing in the hearts and minds of critics, who would sooner praise a six-volume gaze at a Norwegian man's navel than consider the possibility that there are treasures in the hearts of girls. There is no girl that such critics have tried to extinguish more diligently than young Sylvia herself. In the years following her death, she has been accused of culpability in suicides that took place 50 years after her own, along with single-handedly ushering in the idea of suicide as glamorous by people who have apparently never heard of Ernest Hemingway or Jesus Christ. The fact of the matter remains that young women are easy to destroy and doubly easy to destroy if they are already dead. Fortunately, it is also historically the habit of young girls to practice witchcraft, and so the girls keep bringing Sylvia back to life. Young girls are smarter than they're given credit for and more resilient, too. They like what they like for good reason. They seek to build kingdoms out of their favorite people and things and there is a certain subset of girls, even today, who have made Sylvia their icon-elect. The reputation of young girls for wearing their hearts on their sleeves is one that is discussed more often as unwittingly sharing too much information, rather than framing them as active agents making decisions on how best to publicly express themselves. Public derision is directed at girls wearing T-shirts of boy bands or one-half-of-a-best-friend necklace pairing because we assume that such unsettled devotion is the result of juvenile obliviousness, rather than bold and certain admiration. There is intention behind both the words and the images these girls share in their modes of self-expression, intention that we overlook at the peril of our own understanding of how affections operate throughout a lifetime. At the convergence of adolescent admiration for Sylvia and the penchant to wear one's interests in literal and visible ways is a massive selection of Sylvia paraphernalia available for purchase online. I discovered this treasure trove by accident when looking for a canvas bag with a quote from Joan Didion on the online crafting marketplace Etsy. I found the bag in an online shop that featured loads of items inspired by Sylvia Plath's words and face. I conducted a search for her name that rendered three hundred and ninety-nine results. In contrast, Joan Didion presented a single page of eleven crafts dedicated to the author. A search for Flannery O'Connor and all of her haunted glory netted thirty-five results. The closest iconic twentieth-century author I could search, Toni Morrison, trailed with fifty-eight items. The clothes featuring Sylvia's image and words vary wildly in cost and quality they are collections so diverse in color, design, and selected imagery and text, that one could wear nothing but Sylvia-related garments for weeks before anyone detected the pattern. In my initial search in the late fall of 2015, I discovered a pair of flats featuring her portrait, some poetry, and an image of her tombstone—